Hey friends! I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and plants and pets that are important to you. You are listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome! I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. Hello! There are no ads on this program, and there is no Patreon set up for it. The only thing I've ever asked of listeners is if you love this show, and if you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily, and get yourself or the reader in your life some quality fiction, please consider purchasing any or all of my books. I'm the author of 11 self-published novels that are all currently available worldwide in both paperback and ebook formats via Amazon. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find and purchase all 11 of my titles in ebook format at Google Play. Just search my last name, which is spelled M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you'll find my books on Google Play. If you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. the enemy listeners this is episode 310 of the people are the enemy podcast thank you so much for checking it out some of you may already be aware and some of you may not but today we're doing a bathtub episode yes it's been a while and for those who are new to the program or newish to the program you may not know that i sometimes broadcast from the bathtub or podcast from the bathtub if you will and today is one of those days so come with me if you will right now as I will exit the studio and enter the bathtub. Oh, that water looks lovely. I've had it running here. And I'm going to shut it off so that uh, you can hear me better. Now, you may say to yourself, why the hell is this guy doing this? Well... This is sort of the thing I do when I don't have a lot of material for the week. (laughs) Maybe not a lot has happened. Maybe I haven't been doing much. Maybe I've been preoccupied with other things. Maybe just uh, there haven't been any interesting happenings in my life. But uh, this happens to be one of those times. And what I like to do in those occasions is get in the bathtub and have you along with me. Now, another reason why I do this is because uh, what other podcasts can? None. That's who. Think of these uh, extraordinary setups that some of these podcasters have. They can't just be getting in a bathtub willy-nilly. But me, I keep it simple. And I'm able to uh, be mobile, if you will. So I am standing now in my bathroom, and I will disrobe, and uh, I will try not to embarrass us, okay? I promise I'll try to keep this as... uh, as least embarrassing as possible for us, because I understand it's awkward. But this is an audio-only podcast, so you're going to have to use your imagination, okay? All right? 
So, uh, so imagine uh, somebody, uh, your most uh, wildest, uh, beautiful person in the world, okay? Project that onto this, okay? And I'm taking off my shirt right now, okay? Shirt is coming off. I'm, uh, I'm bare-chested, and I will thump on my chest like uh, King Kong. All right, there it is. I'm removing my slippers. And I am removing my trek pants. Or sweatpants, if you will. Now I will remove my socks. One sock off. The other sock is off. And now I will remove my underwear. I am naked as the day I was born. Alright, and again, I don't, you don't have to picture me, picture somebody much, uh, in much better shape, much more beautiful, okay? Alright. <laughs> Alright, at this point, I will get into the tub. One foot. Ooh, that water's kind of cold. Two foot. Yeah, you know what, I intentionally drew the bath so as not to be too hot, but it's a little cold. I'm gonna have to run some warmer water into the tub. And I'll warm it up now. In the past, I've made the bath too hot. And I've gotten into the water and screamed. But I think I uh, made a little too cold this time, but... All right, we're warming the water up here. Adding some hot water to the tub. Okay. That's much better. Much nicer. Okay. I'm going to kill the water now. Now you may be saying to yourself, Self, how do I know this guy isn't pulling my leg? How do I know this isn't all just smoke and mirrors and sound effects? Well, I'm going to prove that to you right now. Whoop! By dropping the mic under the water. No, I'm kidding. I am going to uh, submerge my head in the water. I just realized I still have my glasses on. <laughs> Taking those off. Okay. I am going to now submerge my head in the bathtub water, and I'm going to scream very, very loudly. Now, I want you to listen for the scream, okay? This is how you know I'm really in the bath, okay? All right. On the count of three, are you ready? Or should we count back from three? What's more exciting? It'll be like a, a launch. We'll count backwards from three, okay? You can count with me. Three, two, one, blast off. Oh. Woo! Oh, so refreshing. Okay, nice. Now I'm going to get some soap and I'm going to soap myself up while I speak with you. And again, I won't be graphic. I promise not to embarrass us, okay? You know what I'm doing, speaking of da-da-doing? I'm going to go see Godzilla Minus One this afternoon. Yeah. And I bought the tickets online. Okay. 
and uh, I used the AP mic method. And for those who are fans of The Best Show and uh, The Best Show associate producer, Mike Lisk, AP Mike on social media, he suggested this great way to get a discount on movie tickets when you buy them online. And, uh, you know, not to incriminate myself, I'll only say, <laughs> I'll only say uh, his method is to purport to be somebody that you're not when you're buying tickets. And, and by that I mean uh, certain demographics get a discount, be it the aged or the very young. Okay? And that's all I'll say. <laughs> Did I try to get somebody to go to the movies with me? Yeah. My wife is working today, so she couldn't join me. Yeah, but I did reach out to a couple friends who I thought may be interested. And they were... One was not, and one never got back to me. Am I insulted? No, people are busy. They got their own stuff going on. I'm not insulted. Alright, I'm reclining in the tub now. My entire body is just about all submerged in the water, except for my head. And my knees, if you can picture that. I'm not a tall man. I'm of average height. I went to the doctor two years ago and they told me I was 5'9". This was, uh, you know, they obviously weigh you when you come in. They do your height. And that was two inches shorter than I'd always been told I am, which is 5'11". And I said, 5'9"? I'm 5'11". And they said, well, you're 5'9 now. And I was like, oh boy. Did not like to hear that. And then, that was two years ago, and then I went back this past year. By the way, that sound you hear is me soaping up. And uh, they did the same thing. They did the, the weighing and the height. And I thought to myself, well, here it comes again. I'm 5'9". And I was barefoot against the wall there. I wasn't on my tippy toes. And they said, you're five, ten, and three quarters. And I said, yeah, I got an inch and a three quarters back. I was psyched to hear that. The nurse who was assisting me immediately saw my attitude change. She said, I can tell you're happy to hear this. And I said, yeah, it's kind of important. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why it's important to me, but I felt like, uh, I don't know. I don't know why it matters to me. I'm always curious about the heights of celebrities. You know Pete Holmes, the comedian, is six foot six? That's freaking crazy, right? I guess, you know, you know, I guess, uh, you know, it's not crazy that he's as tall as he is, but, uh, you know, you see people on the screen, and uh, especially when they're like a solo performer, there's nothing to, to compare them to height-wise. It's not as if they're towering over somebody else on the stage. A stand-up comic is just there on the stage by himself or herself or their self. And uh, you can't compare their height to really anything, you know? But uh, in his last special, which I thought was very good, by the way, I think it's called I'm Not For Everyone. <laughs> uh, he says that at one point that he's six foot six, and I was like, holy crap, holies. To be six foot six, can you imagine? Should I, should I wash my hair over in the tub? I should, right? I don't have much hair, but, uh, well, we've got some time to burn. I'm gonna do it. What the hell? My hair's already wet anyways here. Or again, what's left of it. Okay. 
right, let me get some shampoo. Excuse me, one, one moment. Is this embarrassing for you? Should it be embarrassing for me? Alright, I am shampooing what's left of my follicles right now. I use Per Plus, it's one and done. Probably have to shower after I record this just because um, I don't expect to get all this shampoo out in one go, but we'll do this. Okay, now, you know what I should do? I should use a spray no nozzle to, uh, to get the shampoo out of my hair while I'm in the tub. That'll work. Let's try that. Okay. Famous last words, right? All right. I'm taking the removable nozzle head here. And I am going to turn it on. All right. Okay. I'm going to point it at my head and directly down into the tub so I don't get any of the equipment wet. The water nice and warm. All right, here we go. I'm rinsing the shampoo out of my hair or off of my head. Again, it shouldn't take too long. I don't have much hair. Pretty good. That's it. I'm holding the nozzle with one hand and rinsing the soap out with the other, but you know, my hair is short to begin with, and I don't have a lot of it, so I think I got it all. Alright. You know what? I'm gonna get my back while I'm at it. Now I'm pushing my luck here. Alright. Now I'm just gonna fill the water. Place the shower head. You know what? I'll just let it dangle for now. And I'll talk about my uh, podcast pet peeves. Yeah, I've got some. This is uh this is things that annoy me that other podcasters do. Now your pet peeve may be Andy taking a bath. Uh, Long-time listeners of the show may have heard me do this before. They may dislike it when I do it. If that's the case, I can only say I'm sorry. Sometimes I have uh, not a lot to talk about, and I need to uh, have something going on to distract myself with uh, with subject matter in place of anecdotes. So I talk about the bath. Um, speaking of the bath, here's the soap. Okay. Might as well get this going again. Can't be too clean, right? All right, hang on. Okay, podcast pet peeves. Here's one of mine. I can't. That was, that was my foot. <laughs> Lest you think I'm, I'm making a jacuzzi in here. <laughs> um, podcast pet peeves. Here's one of mine. Uh, I can't stand it when podcasters do a live episode. I hate it. I will not listen. <laughs> to me, it's 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 so... It, it really takes me out of it. I, I enjoy, like, imagining a podcaster in their own environs, recording in the safe little chamber, you know, in control. A lot of times when these podcasters will do a live episode, 
Uh, they will be interviewed. That drives me bananas. And uh, I won't get into specifics, but you've heard, anybody who's listened to a podcast for a long time has heard a podcaster do a live episode. And that is, to me, I, I, something I, will, I hope to never do. I do not care for that at all. I hope some, none of my favorite podcasts do it. Although, I do like Mark Maron's podcast, WTF, quite a bit. And it used to be that he'd, he'd throw in a live episode every now and again. And I, I tolerate it, but it wasn't uh, to my, uh, it wasn't my preference. Okay, another podcast pet peeve of mine are best ofs. Man, oh man, do not give me a best of. Especially if I'm a loyal listener who's heard everything you do. I don't need a best of recap, okay? I understand it's nice that you probably get a week off, right? And you get to, meaning the podcaster, you get to go and do whatever you need to do. But for the listener, it's awful. I feel like I've lost you or you've lost me. I mean, I, I expect you to be there. That's the other thing. There's another podcast pet peeve. Be there for me every week. You say you're going to be there? Be there. I've been there for you every week. And I intend to be because I model this show after the things I love. And one of the things I love is uh, reliability. And I, and I aim to be reliable. Absolutely. You know? So, yeah. So, uh, no best ofs. Thank you very much. What are the other things that annoy me? I hope. You know, I, I hope you guys aren't bothered by not having a guest or having a guest. I know that some folks like it when I have guests. Some folks uh, don't care for it when I have guests. I've heard, I've heard from both parties. And uh, this is not to say I won't have guests on in the future. I absolutely will. I try to make uh, the guests interesting, meaning the, the folks that I invite onto the program. I think that there'll be people that will be fun to speak with and people that you'll enjoy as well as myself. Uh, obviously, I don't think you can have a good conversation with somebody that you aren't interested in anything about. But, uh, but I understand that also you get used to a certain thing and then all of a sudden somebody has a guest on. And if it's not a good guest or it's not a compatible guest or the conversation is just not there, that's a bummer for sure. And I get that. So I do strive to, uh, I do strive to have people on who are interesting and who I'm interested in and who I think you'll be interested in. And, uh, and that's about it. It's sort of, I guess this, this, along with the bath craziness, uh, I suppose this has been like a state of the podcast sort of a podcast episode for, uh, People Are the Enemy, in which you got a little bit, uh, behind the scenes on how I feel about things. And, uh, if you're a new listener, I, I hope I gave you a little, a little background information as to the show. We've been doing this every week since January 1st, 2018. Uh, I've never missed a week, and uh, I intend to do it for as long as I can. So I hope you I hope you enjoyed what you heard. And at this point in the program, it's time for the second segment of the People Are the Enemy podcast, which is our friend Rachel from Des Moines, who brings you her chart chat. That's right. So stick around. I'm going to hand things off right now to our friend, Rachel from Des Moines, with the chart chat. And then I'll be back at the end to wrap things up. Okay? So, without any further ado, take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat for another week. Thanks to everyone who listened last week. I got some nice comments from Tavy, Jill, Sherry, and Jeffrey. But anytime you're enjoying the jams, it's okay by me. It doesn't have to be the week the episode drops. For this week, I did some research on one of my favorite sites, the Billboard database on lp.jp, and found the cat songs of the Hot 100. 
That's songs with cat, kitty, or kitten in the title. I found 25 songs, 12 of which made the top 40, and all but one of those is on Spotify. That remaining one is Cat by the Ames Brothers, and it's available on YouTube. It's a traditional pop four-part male vocal. Starting off, uh, a song that made it to number 30 on October 8th of 1977 is Ted Nugent with Cat Scratch Fever. This is the first single off of his third solo album. This is one of seven Hot 100 appearances for the Michigan native. It was his only top 40 hit. Is it about a literal cat? No. Cat scratch disease is a real disease caused by the bacterium Bartonella hensley, and Ted Nugent is a real piece of shit. Cat fun fact. The cat Mr. Bigglesworth in the Austin Powers movie was played by animal actor Ted Nugent. Up next, a song that made it to number 26 on September 30th of 1967 is The Cat in the Window and Princey's The Bird in the Sky by Petula Clark. This was the first single off of her ninth album, The Other Man's Grass is Always Greener. The song was written for Petula by Gary Bonner and Alan Gordon, who also wrote Happy Together. Is this about a literal cat? Yes. The lyrics are a bit sad. They tell of a cat who watches the birds through the window, like Jimmy Jazz, and wishes he could fly after them. This is one of 15 top 40 hits in the U.S. for the British singer, and seven more hit the Hot 100. Uh, her final appearance was in 1982. She's best known uh, in the U.S. for Downtown, which was her first charting single here, and it was a number one hit. Uh, she's still active in the U.K. Cat fun fact, you can go on Instagram and follow Window Kitty, which has user-submitted photos of cats and windows all around the world. Up next, a song that made it to number 22, on April 9th of 1966 is Walkin' My Cat Named Dog by Norma Tanega. This was the debut single off of her album of the same name. Norma was an American singer of Panamanian and Filipino descent. Uh, her father was a band master in the U.S. Navy, and she grew up in Long Beach, California. And if that name sounds familiar, her song, You're Dead, also from this album, is the theme to the 2014 film and 2019 TV show, What We Do in the Shadows. And I had ignorantly assumed that she was from New Zealand, like some totally super awesome underground New Zealand musician, because that's where the creators of the film and show are from. But no, she's from the good old US of A, and she had a top 40 hit here. Um, is the song about a real cat? Yes. She lived in New York City in an apartment and had a real cat that she named Dog, and she really had to take it for walks. Norma went to the UK and appeared on a TV show called Ready, Steady, Go, and that's where she met Dusty Springfield, and then they eventually had a relationship and lived together for several years. Uh, Norma stayed active in music throughout her life into the 2010s, uh, sadly passing away in December of 2019. Hitting a peak of number eight on January 28th of 1967 is Nashville Cats by The Love and Spoonful. This is the second single off the New York folk rocker's third album, which also uh, called Hums of the Love and Spoonful, which also had Summer in the City. Wikipedia quotes John Sebastian, the song's writer who sang lead vocals and played multiple instruments in the group, that they did it, uh, as in they made this song, and it would attempt to become a country crossover, and they were disappointed when that didn't happen. Is it about a literal cat? No. It's a term that uh, musicians use to refer to other musicians they respect. Cat fun fact. NHL's Nashville Predators have a saber-toothed cat as their logo and mascot. Hitting a peak of number 8 on September 29th of 1972 is Honky Cat by Elton John. That was the second single from Elton's fifth album, Honky Chateau. Uh, the single was a follow-up to Rocket Man. Is it about a literal cat? No. 
Lyricist Bertie Toppin wrote about someone not unlike himself, who is from the country, living in the city now, but wishing he could return home where he feels more comfortable. Wikipedia says this is a New Orleans-style song. Cat fun fact. I googled Bernie Toppin cats and I found an Instagram post from him uh, with lyrics from Nashville Cats. And it was a photo of him meeting some country musicians from Nashville. Up next, also hitting a peak of number eight on March 5th in 1977 is Al Stewart's Year of the Cat. This was the first single off the Scottish singer-songwriter's seventh album of the same name. It was his first single to chart in any territory, and it went top 40 around the English-speaking world. It's definitely Al Stewart's signature song in the U.S., even though Time Passages, that I love and have shared before, made it one notch higher. Year of the Cat, like Key Largo, that Andy sang for us a few weeks ago, references Humphrey Bogart and his films. Is it about a real cat? I would say yes, especially when you look at the album cover. Cat fun fact. The cat is the Vietnamese zodiac equivalent of the rabbit. Like this year, it's the year of the rabbit, mostly, but it's also the year of the cat right now. And uh, 1975, when Al Stewart wrote and recorded the song, was also a year of the cat. So it's 48 years ago. And then Rachel fun fact is that whenever I listen to this song, I feel like you could sing against the wind over it, or I feel like they would mix really well together. And I found out that they're in complementary keys, G major and E minor. Hitting a peak of number six on April 10th, 1993 is Cats in the Cradle by Ugly Kid Joe. This was a single from the group's first full-length album, America's Least Wanted. It was their second single on the US Hot 100 after Everything About You. Theirs was the first version of the song I had heard. I remember listening to it on the bus, and it seemed quite profound, but I was a kid. They don't go full hair metal power ballad, I wouldn't say, but the guitars do add some edge on the chorus. Is this about a real cat? No. Um, it's about the, the cats in the cradle refers to Cat's Cradle, a kid's string game. Uh, fun cat fact. Pass. Uh, but I did learn that they named themselves John Bobby style as a parody of L.A. glam metal band Pretty Boy Floyd, who they were supposed to open for. And as Cats in the Cradle, the original anyway, is known for a memorable reference in a Paula Tompkins bit, so is our next song forever linked with stand-up comedy. What's new, pussycat? Hitting a peak of number three on July 31st of 65 is What's New, Pussycat? by Tom Jones. This was written by Burt Bacharach and Hal David for the movie of the same name. Tom Jones also put out an album entitled What's New Pussycat to capitalize on the success of the single. Is it about a literal cat? No. The Wikipedia page of the film says What's New Pussycat was a beatnik phrase men would say to women. Apparently it's also how Warren Beatty would uh, call women on the phone. This was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song, and it was Tom Jones' biggest hit at the time, one of six top ten hits for The Welshman. Uh, cat fun fact, Tom Jones had Siamese cats. Hitting a peak of number three on February 26th at 83 is Stray Cat Strut by the Stray Cats. This was the group's third single, though it only became a hit when it was re-released following the success of Rock This Town. These are both off the group's self-titled debut. In the early days, the Stray Cats played with different names because club owners wouldn't book the same band for consecutive nights, but they tried to put Cat in the name, like the Tomcats or Brian and the Tomcats, so the fans would know it was them. Is the song about a literal cat? Yes, the singer imagines himself as a cat. Cat Fact helps save stray cats by donating to TNR efforts, such as the Oakland, California's Hood Cats or New York City's Flash Flatbush, Flatbush Cats. Hitting a peak of number one on December 21st of 1974 is Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. 
This is the first single off his fourth album, Verities and Balderdash. It was his biggest hit on the U.S. pop charts, though he had three top 40 and three more Hot 100 appearances. He was known for his story songs. Cats in the Cradle was co-written with his wife, Sandy. Her lyrics originated as a poem inspired by her first husband's relationship to his dad. Harry Chapin has said it was also about him and his son, Josh. Is it about a real cat? No. Cat fun fact. My cat, Reggie, does not sleep in a cradle. He sleeps in a strawberry bed. And finally, also hitting a peak at number one on October 27th of 1990 is Black Cat by Janet Jackson. This is the sixth single from her smash fourth album, Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814. The album is the only one to have seven commercial singles all hit the top five on the Hot 100. Black Cat was Janet's first composition credited solely to her. It is also significant for being a hard rock or glam metal song, which was a departure for her style-wise. Yet it still got a solid groove. She got a Grammy nomination for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance. In her career, Janet has been Grammy nominated in five different genres. Pop, rock, dance, rap, and R&B. Is it about a real cat? I would say it's using a real cat as a metaphor, like the person she is singing about is acting like they have the proverbial nine lives of a cat. Cat fun fact, on the first leg of the Rhythm Nation 1814 tour, they did a magic trick where Janet transformed into a real panther on stage. I could have talked so much more about this song. Please look it up and listen to it. It's great. Well, that's all the time for me this week. Thanks so much for listening. Back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel. What a fun segment. That was awesome. I, uh, I love that Al Stewart song, Year of the Cat. My dad had that album, and I used to listen to it over and over again. And uh, actually ended up buying it on CD when I was a younger person. Really, really cool. This has been episode 310 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. We love you. Peace.